Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2,346 with a release date of Friday, October 14th, 2022 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST, a never-before-contact with Antarctica from space. Lessons learned from Hurricane Ian and Hampson, Australia, go bicycle mobile for charity. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2346 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now, reporting from Union, Kentucky, here's Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Who among us hasn't wanted to work Antarctica? Who among us has succeeded so far? Well, now you can add to that list the name of astronaut Shell Lindgren, KO5MOS. John Williams, VK4JJW, opens this week's newscast with that report. Chell Lindgren, KO5MOS, can enter Antarctica into the log of contacts for him and the ISS. This was the ultimate DX from space. In fact, as the US astronaut held a scheduled question and answer session on Friday, October 7th, with students living on the Esperanza Antarctic Base, an Argentine research station on the frozen continent. For the contact, the astronaut used the callsign OR4ISS. This unprecedented ARIS contact was accomplished with the help of ON4ISS AMSAT Belgium, which provided a telebridge. According to various websites, there are 16 students enrolled in the school and they range in age from 3 to 21. The school, which has two teachers, was established in 1978. One student, apparently feeling a kinship about the relatively remote locations on both sides of the QSO, asked the astronaut, quote, An icebreaker ship brought us here. How did you get to the International Space Station? End quote. Acknowledging the similarity of their desolate environments, the astronaut said, quote, You're explorers in your own right. End quote. He also accepted the student's invitation to visit someday. The best follow-up to this kind of first-time DX would naturally be an eyeball QSO to remember. This is John Williams, VK4JJW. Is there a contact with the ISS in your future? The window of opportunity is still open, and Paul Brown, WD9GCO, tells us how to help make it happen. If you've ever wanted a radio contact with someone aboard the International Space Station and haven't had one yet... 2023 might just be your year. Teachers and other educators have until November 13th to submit a proposal to ARIS for a scheduled contact that would be set up between July 1st and December 31st of next year. ARIS is looking for educational institutions with formal curriculum that could easily integrate this kind of space-related amateur radio communication. The contacts usually last 10 minutes and take place as a question-and-answer format between the students and the astronauts. For additional details, follow the ARIS link in the text version of this week's newscast at arnewsline.org. This is Paul Brown, WD9GCO. Hurricane Ian has passed, but the storm's force is not something easily forgotten. And one amateur who assisted Florida residents from hundreds of miles away reflects on the experience. Randy Sly, W4XJ, caught up with him. 
Most of us have heard the story of Dale Clonin, KC3TAU, the Maryland firefighter who used his ham radio skills to send rescuers to Florida's Sanibel Island during Hurricane Ian. His actions resulted in the rescue of several persons in the wake of the island's devastation. We talked with Dale after the event, reflecting back on what took place. While not comfortable being called a hero, he told AR Newsline that he was pleased that he could play a part and was very happy that the people were safe. So what lessons did he learn from this event? Though new to ham radio, he is an emergency preparedness trainer as a part of his firefighting career. First, he said, it's important to know who's doing what. Committed to supporting the emergency communications role of ham radio, Dale was already monitoring the Hurricane Watch Net and the Florida Emergency Net on HF, listening to the Florida Room on Wires X, and had Echolink up and running. When he was made aware of the stranded individuals from a relative nearby, he knew who to call. He also said it was important for him to have more than one plan in place. Information was shared over HF radio, as well as by email and text with net control stations. Before he ended our conversation, he also wanted to be sure to recognize the unsung heroes of the event, the Florida hams and others around the country who worked the nets and really knew how to control and pass along information. Rescuers did the work, but their information came from the capable hands of amateurs. This is Randy Sly, W4XJ. Amateur radio proved invaluable for visitors from India who were left stranded in Nepal. Ed Durant, DD5LP, tells us about this developing story. At least 68 travellers from Bengal were left stranded this month in Nepal as monsoon flooding and landslides ravaged the landscape. As the tourists' cell phones died, amateur radio stepped in. According to a story in the Times of India, Hams in Nepal began rescue communications and reached out to the West Bengal Radio Club on behalf of the tourists. The club contacted the Nepal consulate for assistance. The Nepal Tourism Board arranged for rescue teams, including helicopters, because travel was restricted by road damage. Where possible, local Hams carried rations to help the stranded tourists from Kolkata. As Newsline went to production, improved weather conditions brought hope that the tourists could be returned safely home. This is Ed Durant, DD5LP. Formed a little more than a year ago, the Sudan Amateur Radio Union has become the newest member society of the International Amateur Radio Union. The group, which represents the interests of hams in the Northeast African nation, has a membership of 54. It was founded on August 6th of 2021 and is part of Region 1 of the IARU. An influential and well-respected member of the Western New York amateur radio community has become a silent key. John Mueller, K2BT, died on October 9th following a lengthy illness. Licensed since November 2004, John held an amateur extra license. A volunteer examiner and a member of Skyhorn, John served as ARRL Western New York Section Manager from 2012 through 2014 and was Emergency Coordinator for Chautauqua County Aries from 2010 through 2012. John was a past president of the Chautauqua County Amateur FM Association and a veteran of the U.S. Army. John's widow, Laura Mueller, into LJM, serves as current Section Manager for Western New York. John was 63. Newsline offers his family and friends our condolences. 
Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline. Heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the KB9 LPP repeater in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin. On Saturdays, the repeater is DMR enabled on the Brandmeister Network. Another success has been scored by Ireland's first satellite, which is moving forward through development and testing to its eventual launch. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, reports. The team developing AirSat-1, Ireland's first satellite, has returned from Belgium, where the project underwent rigorous testing at the CubeSat support facility, including an assessment to ensure it would survive launch. The University College Dublin team includes David Murphy, EI9HWB, and Lana Salmon, EI9HXB. They are developing the low-Earth orbit CubeSat as part of the European Space Agency's Fly Your Satellite program. ESA administrators have said in the past that they view the project as a way to grow a new generation of space scientists and engineers to nurture a space program for Ireland. The satellite is tentatively scheduled for a launch from an ESA base in French Guiana by early 2023. This is Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. In Australia, hams are on the move for a very important charitable cause, and the power they are using is pedal power. Graham Kemp, VK4BB, tells us what they're up to. You've heard, of course, of the solar cycle, but what kind of hams concern themselves with the charitable cycle? That would be members of the Bendigo Amateur Radio and Electronics Club Pedal Radio Group. Throughout the month of October, these most mobile of the mobile operators are getting themselves in motion to meet the Great Cycle Challenge, which is raising money throughout Australia for research into childhood cancers. This is an event that the Pedal Radio Group participates in each year. The group spokesman, Graham Knight, VK3GRK, writes, and I quote, This is a great chance to get out, have fun, exercise and promote amateur radio. End quote. Riders pledge how many kilometres they will ride and how many dollars they hope to raise. As Graham also notes, there's nothing to stop riders from carrying an HT, safely of course, and making contacts. He asks, and again I quote, Could this be bikes on the air? End quote. Perhaps yes, but remember... It's kilometres that count most here, not contacts. This is Graham Kemp, VK4BB. Congratulations to the Suffolk County Radio Club, W2DQ, which celebrated its own personal history of 75 years at a site where groundbreaking history was once made by innovator Nikola Tesla. The club's special event activation and outdoor celebration was held on Saturday, October 8th at the scientist's former laboratory, Wardenclyffe, on Long Island, New York. Portable antennas provided the radio reception and a gathering of friends and food, plus a visit from local elected officials provided the rest of the reception. All the best to the club for the next 75 years. As the days get progressively darker earlier in some parts of the world, the lighthouses of England are providing a little radio relief. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, picks up the story from here. 
Traditionally, beacons of safe navigation for ships at sea, lighthouses in England, are about to become symbols of successful navigation for signals sent in their direction by amateur radio operators around the world. The organisation that oversees the English Lighthouse Award Scheme has set aside seven days, Saturday the 22nd of October to Friday the 28th, for the Lighthouse Challenge. Activators will be lighting up these towers, at least figuratively, hoping for contacts from lighthouse hunters throughout England and beyond. According to the event website, contacts made during the week will also count towards the programme's regular awards. They may also contribute to other organisations' awards, since many carry a Worktall Britain Square and references for Worldwide Flora Fauna, or POTA. If you're interested in being part of the activity during the week, just tune your rig up and get started. Registration is not necessary and entry is free, as are the awards and certificates. Only activators are required to keep logs. For additional details, visit English Lighthouse Awards. That's one word, .uk. This is Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. Every ham needs a guide at one time or another, no matter the level of license. Cell MB KB3TZD is here to tell us about a ham boot camp program designed to break down so many of the mysteries in amateur radio. No matter how much studying you do, are you ever fully prepared to program your HT? Do you know what it takes to successfully transport and set up a portable station? How do you get involved in emergency communications? Select the right key for CW, or even build your own station and set it up for the different modes. Ham Radio Boot Camp was created by the Nashua Area Radio Society, N1FD, to address these questions and scores of others that new hams, seasoned hams, and even prospective hams may have. You don't even need to be in New Hampshire, or for that matter, New England, to attend the all-day session on November 5th. It is taking place on Zoom, and anyone in North America is able to attend. Sessions start at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, focusing on subjects of concern for technician-level licensees. In the afternoon, topics move to issues encountered by hams who hold general or extra-class licenses. The program ends at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. See the link in the print version of this week's newscast script at arnewsline.org. The program is free, but registration is mandatory. This is Salambi, KB3, TZD. In the world of DX, be listening for Wolf OE1 MWW operating as S79 slash OE1 MWW from the Seychelles until the 21st of October. He will be operating holiday style on 20 meters using FT4 and FT8, CW, and sideband. Listen for Moto JA1 GZV operating from Okinawa Island, IOTA number AS017 as JS6 UKY slash 6 from October. October 18th through to the 25th. Moto will be on 40 through 15 meters using CW, QSL via Bureau, EQSL, or direct to JA1GZV. Listen for a team of de-expeditioners using the call VP2MLB from Gingerbread Hill on Montserrat through the 20th of October. They are calling on 160 through 6 meters using CW sideband at FT8, FT4. QSL details can be found at QRZ.com. As so many of its enthusiasts will tell you, CW is not, most definitely not, dead. At this time of the year, however, with Halloween just around the corner, CW does have a tendency to become a little zombified. Mike Askins, KE5CXP, tells us why. 
You don't need to go trick-or-treating as Samuel F.B. Morse to become a CW zombie on the night of Friday, October 28th. Just turn your power to five watts or less, and you too can participate in a QRP activity that's been haunting hams for 25 years. The Zombie Shuffle! (laughs) The zombies and their keys rise from the grave at 4 p.m. local time and continue until the witching hour of midnight in the hope of using 15 and 20 meters before nightfall spirits the good conditions away! Now, because this is radio, wearing a costume won't help you very much. But organizers encourage operators to adopt an alias for the night. Last year's ops reported working Chucky, Boris, Elvira, Lazarus, and even Igor. (laughs) Details can be found in the event link that appears in the text version of this week's newscast at arnewsline.org. Fellow creatures of the night, please remember to shuffle. Zombies do not like to go fast. Call CQ Boo! And let's hope the bands won't be dead. <laughs> this is Mike Askins, KE5 CXP. With thanks to Amber Ishnak Biswas, VU2JFA, AMSAT Argentina, the ARRL, CQ Magazine, David Bihar, K7DB, DXWorld.net, European Space Agency, Irish Tech News, QRZ.com, Radio Society of Great Britain, Ron Skipper, W8ACR, Southgate Amateur Radio News, ShortwaveRadio.de, The Times of India, and your listeners, that's all, from the Amateur Radio Newsline. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, non profit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. We also remind our listeners that if you like our newscast, please leave us a five-star rating wherever you subscribe to us. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the news desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Neil Rapp, WB9VPG in Union, Kentucky, saying 7-3, and a As always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2022. All rights reserved.